1: As much as I'd like to think I would have passed the test of faith that confronted Noah, <laughs> I'm not so sure I would have. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains how daunting the task God presented to Noah was and how much faith it took to execute God's plan in this message, Noah, a man of faith. He'll be teaching from a number of
0: scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
1: Turn with us to Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 17. This message is about 20, 21 pages long, and I would don't don't get scared. We're not we're not going to do it all today. We're going to do it in segments and then build thereupon. You know, Word of God gets so it's so exciting, and I just the Lord just keep giving me more and more and more and more, and um, and I'm growing through the message, and I pray that you will you will too. Uh, So, we'll settle in for this series until God has finished speaking. But with that being said, we want to preach this morning, Noah, a man of faith. Noah, a man of faith. If you turn with us to Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 17. Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 17. And there you'll find these words. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Sham, Ham, and Jepheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark. And cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters up on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which the breath of life, everything that is on the earth, shall die. Noah, a man of faith. What a sobering, stunning passage that should arrest the tension of us all. Before we engage in the life of Noah and look at some of the specifics surrounding his life, let's just share a moment on just who was Noah. Who was Noah? Noah. Well, Noah was born when his father Lamech was 182 years old. Noah's name means rest or quiet. His name means rest or quiet. At the age of 500 uh, years old, he fathered Sham, Ham, and Japheth who followed his righteous ways. Man, he was old having babies. Wow, you're not too old. (laughs) Noah is also honored as the second father of humankind because all of the rest of Adam's descendants drowned. Noah lived in an age when men were universally corrupt, So much so that in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 through 7, God said he would destroy the human race. In the midst of an age of moral darkness and wickedness, Noah was perfect in his generation, which meant that he walked with God and was a righteous man. Noah was along with Job and Daniel, are considered by Ezekiel to be one of the three most righteous men who ever lived. Where is that? It's in Ezekiel chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, which says, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness... I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness says the Lord God. Wow. So therein is a little synopsis of Noah, uh, Noah's life, who he was. Next question. Why did God desire to destroy the world with the universal flood? Why did God desire to destroy the world with the universal flood? Number one, Because fallen angels saw and took wives of the human race which produced an unnatural union violating God's original design for marriage and procreation. I'll repeat, I know you're writing. Why did God desire to destroy the world with the universal flood? Because fallen angels saw and took wives of the human race which produce an unnatural union violating God's original design for marriage and procreation. In Genesis 6-4, it says, there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterwards the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. They... Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Now, in Scripture, sons of God is a direct reference to angels. There are many uh, different positions as it relates to this passage that I don't have time to go into it, uh, go into it this moment, but this is the position I hold as I see it in Scripture. In Scripture, sons of God is is a direct reference to angels. Job chapter 2 verse 1 says, Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Uh, uh, sons of god referencing angels in in the book of job chapter 38 verse 7 it also says when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy morning stars sons of god angels this unnatural union in Genesis chapter 6 verse 4, uh, which has been a passage that biblical scholars have tussled and wrestled with uh, for, 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 for centuries that I just can't go into now for the sake of time. This unnatural union resulted in God judging the human race with a universal flood, wiping out everyone apart, apart from Noah and his family the Lord also imprisoned the fallen angels who perpetrated such devious acts. Satan, you say, why did this happen in the first place? Satan's ultimate plan was to destroy the lineage through which the Messiah would come. The aim was to destroy the lineage through which the Messiah would come. There's another reference I want to call your attention to. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, look at that, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Because of what these angels uh, had done, God says, that's too far, that's too much. And he imprisoned them in hell. Another reference is in Jude 6, we let the scripture interpret the scripture. In Jude 6, it also says, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain. See, they did something very unusual back then. But left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So that's one reason for the universal flood. Number two, why did, why did God, why did he destroy the world with the universal flood? Number two, God destroyed the world with the flood because the heart of the human race was corrupt and depraved, resulting in the whole earth being filled with wicked behavior, with violence, abomination, and perversion. God destroyed the world with the flood because the heart of the human race was so corrupt, so depraved, resulting in the whole earth being filled with wicked behavior, violence, abomination, and perversion. And we can see that in America today and even all around the world. We're entering the days of Noah all over again. In Genesis 6, 5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Look at the depravity of man. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, it says, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Why did Noah find grace in the eyes of God in the midst of all this wretchedness, in the midst of all this wickedness, in the midst of all this corruption? Oh, how, how did Noah find grace in the eyes of God? This, and I want you to really listen closely and write as you are led by the Spirit. Why did Noah find grace in the eyes of God in the midst of this perverted, wicked, fiendish, diabolical society? Number one, Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he had favor from God. Okay, that's big. Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he had what? Favor from God. The scripture says in Genesis 6, 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. To have favor from God is to have the grace of God upon your life. In other words, Noah experience God's kindness and graciousness from God. Favor from God is to experience kindness from God. Is to experience God's graciousness. Noah was not like most people of his day, and even in our day. Noah did not seek power. Noah did not seek prestige. And Noah did not seek popularity. Three P's. Uh, uh, Look look at that again. Noah did not seek power. You know, some people live for power. They want to dominate. They want to rule. They want to be in charge. They want to be in control. He did not seek prestige. Uh, He did not seek popularity. Noah was not like most people. He had something that transcended all of these mundane, passing, temporal things. Noah had favor, favor from God. And let me pause here and tell you maybe people won't know your name. Maybe you won't ever write a book. Maybe you won't ever pre- be able to play uh, certain kinds of sports that you want to play. Maybe you'll never be an executive in a company. Maybe you'll never have your name called out in the church. Uh, maybe you won't ever be in certain positions on your job. But if you have favor from God. You have the best thing that you can ever have in this world. You can have all this stuff. You can have the money. You can have the fame. You can have the notoriety. uh, You can have the reputation. You can have all the accolades of of, of men. You can have all that. God, what I want from you is favor from God. God. Favor. Those who have favor are blessed by God. Favor. Favor. When was the last time uh, you said, God, let me just have favor from you. Favor from you. Well, let, let me transition. How was God's favor? Noah had God's favor in the midst of this wickedness. There's some wicked folk on your job. There's some wicked folk in your family. There's some wicked folk in your neighborhood. There's some wicked folk in the colleges and schools uh, of higher learning and even lower learning. Uh, How how do you manifest favor uh, from God? How was God's favor manifested in Noah's life? How was it revealed in Noah's life? Let's look at how Uh, Let's look at the favor of God in Noah's life. And when you start seeing that, you'll be crying out for God for some favor. (laughs) Favor, favor, favor. How was God's favor manifested in Noah's life? A, Noah had God's word because he heard from God himself. He had God's word. Oh, oh, he did not have the Bible uh, as we have it today. He did not have scrolls uh, as many had in, uh, down through the centuries. He didn't have he didn't have all of that. Uh, uh, he didn't have commentaries. Uh, he, he did not have he did not have all those theological books, and he didn't have uh, Sunday school books and all of these things. But but he heard from God. Himself. Let me tell you something. Does God speak to you? Let's see. Yeah. And some of you got too many other folks speaking into your life, and that's how you get all off Senate. Too many voices, too many people. The media telling you what to do. Uh, your friends telling you what to do. Coworkers saying what you ought to do. And folk will just mess your life up, and then you can't find them, and you're a lifetime in, a re- in recovery. Listen, the the greatest thing you could hear is the voice of God. You say, you mean I have to hear an audible voice? No, not necessarily. When you read the word of God, God speaks to you. When you hear the spirit of God, God speaks to you. You understand what I'm saying? God speaks through spiritually mature people. God speaks through the preacher, the missionary, the evangelist. God, God, God will even speak to you directly by, by speaking thoughts into your heart that comes from God. You may not hear a voice, but his, the thoughts of God will speak to you as you read the word of the living God. Nor had God's word because he heard from God himself. If you want favor from God, make sure you listen to God. If you're not listening to God, you'll never have favor from God. Okay? You can't be rebellious and expect favor from God. You can't be stug- stubborn and prideful and have favor from God. You, you can't be prideful and have favor from God. Nor had God's word because he heard from the voice of God himself. Secondly, the second way uh, that uh, favor was manifested in Noah's life was this: Noah had God's wisdom because he was doing something unprecedented. Noah had God wisdom, okay. Wisdom from God is a display of the favor from God. Nor had God's wisdom because he was doing something unprecedented. There was no way he could have built that huge ark, that mammoth, gigantic ark, with all of the detailed specifications without wisdom from God. The man had to be wise. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't have done that apart from wisdom from God. Some people ask me, "Well, how do you how do you get this far? Uh, how, well, from 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 the YMCA to where you are now? It, it was God's wisdom." Somebody told me I was going to visit visit them. I would not call the person's name, and I was going. He yeah, had back ailment, and I was seeing him, visiting him at his home. And he said, "Pastor Draper, don't get me wrong now, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. So please don't misunderstand me." I said, "What's that?" Uh, He he said, "When I look at the facilities and all the stuff that God has done in your ministry, the breadth and scope of the ministry, the magnitude of the ministry, and all that God has done in your life," he said, "You don't have enough sense to do what you've done." (laughs) That's what he told me. (laughs) He said, "You don't have enough sense." You know what? Now some people got offended, upset, but you know what? I was. I said, "Thank you, Jesus." because that meant that I was listening to God and I had wisdom from God and the truth be told, he was right. I didn't have enough sense to do what has been done in 28 years of ministry at this church. Wow. He, I mean, that was famous, to build a something that he had never built before. He never heard, of word, heard the word ark. Think about it. Never heard the word, ark. What's that? But he believed God. Uh, 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 how, how was his uh, favor manifested? Noah had God's provisions. Uh, when you have provisions, that's God's favor. Noah had God's provision because God supplied everything that Noah needed to build the ark. He had everything. God gave him everything he needed. Now, how would, how would Noah know what equipment to use or what, what, what construction pieces he would need, materials he would need. I mean, this man didn't get a degree in construction management. I mean, he didn't go to some kind of architectural school. And yet he believed God enough because he had faith from God. Let me tell you something. When God is calling you to do whatever he's calling you to do, listen to me good. When God is calling you to do whatever he's calling you to do, where God guides, he provides. Do you get what I'm saying? You better write these things down. You know, you say, well, I don't know how this is going to add up. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I have enough funds. If God, if you know without a doubt that God is moving you to do what you're doing, you have to realize that, well, God guides, he provides. He's sufficient. He knows where he's taking you, and he knows how to provide for you. He provided all the material that Noah would need to build this huge ark. You see, he gave him everything he needed, lacked nothing. D, Noah had God's protection, you know, protection, because God protected him from the enemy and satanic distractions as he built the ark. He had God's protection. God did not allow the flood to come until Noah and his family were safely in the ark. He had God's protection. I mean, that flood did not come too soon or too late. God waited till the work was completed. God waited till all the animals were, were on the boat. <laughs> uh, 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 and then when that door was shut, then the then the flood what came. And he had some hagglers, and he had people trying to distract him, but he stayed right there and did what God had called, called him to do, and God protected him. Let me tell you something. When you have favor from God, God will protect you. Satan's after you. There are people who don't like you is after you. Whether you know it or not, you have some enemies. That's right. In case you don't know, somebody don't like you. That's right. And everybody that's smiling in your face, uh, don't think they, because they're smiling and saying good morning that they like you. Everybody don't like you. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, Woe be unto you when all men speak well of you. You've got some enemies. You say, I don't. Well, first of all, the devil is your enemy. I mean, if he's not your enemy, then you must be his friend. And I know better than that. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I w- fear no evil for what? Thou art with me. I like what it says Thou preparest a table before me in the presence. I, I mean, God, God, God feeds you. He protects you. He provides. When your enemy's plotting and strategizing, trying, trying to keep back, hold you back, keep you from getting what God wants you to get, God overrules and bless you anyhow. And they think they're trying to hurt you, but they end up blessing you while they're trying to hurt you. <laughs> Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup uh, runneth over When you walk with God, that favor causes your cup to run over. Surely goodness and mercy, what? Shall follow all the days of my life. You have God's presence, my friend. Ooh, this is so good this morning. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless.